Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. This is News Talks SSE Electricity League podcast. I am Oshin Langan, and later you'll hear from Kevin Doherty. He's been looking ahead to Shamrock Rovers and Cork City. He also looked ahead to Dundalk, but as this is the recut podcast done after Dundalk's one all draw with Rosenberg, we've cut that out. It's no reflection on the quality of Kevin Doherty. Also, by the way, later you'll hear from the Kilkenny United manager, Casey McQuillan. They got their first ever. Continental Tires women na- Women's National League uh, win last weekend against Galway. They've gone something like 36 games without a victory previous to that. So that's interesting stuff. Right now, though, we're going to talk about Dundalk's one-all draw with Rosenberg in the Champions League second qualifying round, first leg at Oriel Park. That was last night. We're recording very early on Thursday morning. We're also going to look ahead to Cork City and Shamrock Rovers games uh, with former Cork City defender Neil Horgan. Neil, good morning. Good morning, Ashim. Um, before we go on, let's get a bit of reaction from Stephen Kenny. This is what he had to say after last night's one-all draw with Rosenberg. Of course, David McMillan putting Dundalk in front in the first half. But then, Gartland with an own goal. It's not being credited to Gartland everywhere, but um, Kenny has said that Gartland told him it went in off him, so that's good enough for me. But anyway, this is uh, Kenny's general reaction after the game. He spoke to LMFM. I can't say I'm happy. Rosenborg and the away goal, they will see it as very significant for themselves and um, they'll be quite pleased with the result. I think from our point of view, um, I thought the players are magnificent in the first half. You know, really started brilliantly and the quality of the football was outstanding and we scored a goal, could have two or three. You know, unfortunately, we conceded the goal just before half-time, which was an OG. And um, it was disappointing. Neil, hard to disagree with anything Stephen Kenny said there. Absolutely, I think they were excellent first half. Um, even the second half, I know. I mean, things died down a little. Um, I did feel they still, you know, they were in the game. They were certainly almost dominating the game for long parts, um, and it was a terrific performance overall from Dundalk. You have to say, you know, in the second half they kind of stood. Well, it looked like they were pressed a bit higher up the pitch like they stood off a bit but is that more about Rosenberg's quality beginning to tell a bit more as the game went on because they are a quality side yeah they are a quality side you know they have Champions League experience and they've been dominating things in Norway for a long time to to some degree that that's the case I would say in Champions League ties like that there's so much at stake I think Dundalk were being a bit cagey as well um, a second away goal obviously would, would have meant a lot um, going back to Norway and, try, and trying to overcome that would have been very difficult. So I think Dundalk's experience told a little. They weren't going to overexpose themselves. They weren't going to go for a win unnecessarily. And, and to an extent, a win would be un- is unnecessary in the first leg in these games. You know, just stay in the tie, um, don't give away anything. And, and going to you know Trondheim with a view to scoring a few goals is, is something Dundalk really can can do. I know Stephen Kenny said that in the game afterwards that they're very confident that they will score goals and I'd be confident that they would too looking at the game yesterday because there doesn't seem to be that much between the teams. Off the ball regular Stewie Byrne was on commentary with RTE last night and he said Dundalk actually play better away from home in Europe so they're not done yeah. yet. No, I'd agree. I agree to an extent now they've had some fantastic uh, home results uh, you know the one against Bata Barca mm. and they beat them 3-0 which was fantastic that time. But they have had, you know, I suppose primarily their, their away form has been brilliant in Europe. They're definitely not done. The tie is up, up for grabs, really. It's 50-50. I'd say a 1-1 draw, you know, it gives both sides a real chance. Obviously, a nil-all draw would have been better in terms of away goals. But one-all is, isn't bad at all. If Dundalk go over there and get an early goal, then, you know, they'll be favourites from that point on. Um, so I'm looking forward to, to seeing how they'll do. Um, and you know what it's, it's a sign that you know this Dundalk team again they're showing the kind of um, focus and professionalism that like had we doubted them had they come back and, and shown us that they really are a quality side even with the loss of you know key players at the start of this year Dylan Colony came on he wasn't great but his pace did frighten them and pace is going to be important in the next game because you do feel if Dundalk are to get something out of it it will be through their counter attack yeah, I agree, Oshin, but I would say, I know what you say, it wasn't great. Fairness to the guy, um, I'm not sure what his European experience is. That was his debut uh, last night. It was his debut, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it kind of showed a little bit, because Europe is a totally different, you know, kettle of fish from what he'd be used to every week in the League of Ireland, you know, in, in general terms. 
So there's a lot of learning to be done uh, in Europe. And he's probably, he's, he's, he's learned last night. Um, so I agree with you. His pace is important and his aggression and his kind of, I've seen him with Bray down in Cork. He, he is a dangerous player um, and he will be important. But I think overall, the likes of Benson, Shields, Stevie O'Donnelly, if he comes back in, the midfield in, in Dundalk's team has been important for them in Europe, that, that they're comfortable getting the ball and keeping the ball. Because if you go away to someone like, um, you know, Rosenberg or, or anyone in Europe, really, and you don't keep the ball for long spells of the game, you're really playing a very risky game. That You're more than likely not going to win the tie. So Dundalk have, have turned that around in recent years, you know, um, in terms of League of Ireland football teams who generally didn't keep the ball as well as the other team. And that, that's what's given them a real shout. And I think, again, if their midfield is able to, and I think they will be able to keep the ball for long spells at a time um, over in Trondheim, then they'll have a real shout. So it, it's as much about the kind of guys who are just keeping the ball as well as the, the threats up front, I think, you know. And Nicholas Vermullen went off with what looked like a very bad hamstring injury. He would be a huge loss if he's not available. We're not sure what the situation is at this early stage. Yeah, I agree. I, I think after an unsettling start, you know, to the season, they've lost, you know, a lot of games with, with the loss of Boyle to, you know, Preston. It seemed to unsettle their whole back four. Um, Bemeland, after a certain time, has seemed to have got in there and, and settled now. Um, they've had, you know, six or seven clean sheets since the break. Um, and the first goal they conceded was yesterday, an unfortunate goal. Uh, bad, bad defending, it must be said. But in any event, he will be lost if if he's out, as as Stephen Kenny says, he might be. Um, you know, Barrett will come in, but you have to say you want a, te- a back four that's playing together every week and is settled. And Bemelin seems to have, has has come into the gap that Boyle left very well, particularly over the last few weeks. So you know, you never know. Maybe he he'll come back in. It, it will be lost. It's it's very hard. Um, to, to reform a, a back four when they seem to be really t- ticking at the moment or clicking at yeah. the moment together, you know. Um, and that was probably their main fault at the start of the year. The goals against Collium um, has been, you know, bad by their standards. So Stephen Kenny will be worried. Barrett will come in. He'll do a good job. He's got good European experience, but I think Bemeland is probably the more settled centre-back at the moment for them. Barrett's a good Waterford man as well, which is always a bonus. Uh, Neil, let's uh, talk about Cork City playing against Larnaca of Cyprus tonight at Turner's Cross in the Europa League second qualifying round. First leg, Kevin O'Connor and Shawnee Maguire's last home game for City. The two players are trying to deflect attention off themselves and say it's all about the team, which is the right thing to do. Uh, O'Connor has been talking about the kind of game Cork City will play tonight and the kind of tactics that they'll uh, deploy. He reckons there might be a, a lot of counter-attacking, even though they're the ones who are at home. They're going to be a very good side. You know, they have a lot of Spanish players, so they're going to try to keep the ball, and and we just have to be disciplined and sit in if we have to. When they have the ball, you know, just soak up the pressure and hit them on the counter-attack. We know with the players going forward that we have that we can cause any team damage. You know, so we'll just play our normal game. You know, we done it well last year in Europe. We sat back, we hit hacking on the counter, hit gang on the counter, and that's what we're we're looking to do again. You know, we once we can press, we'll press them, but. If we have to sit in for a bit, we can do that because we know we're, we're able to do it. And that's probably the right approach for City. Yeah, I think so. I, I don't think he's given away everything there, though. I think City have retained the ball a bit better this year than they've done in previous years. And, and they're not just going to be counter-attacking at home, I think. I, particularly in regard to... I, I've looked at the, the age of the, the some a lot of the Spanish players in this in this Zarnica team. Are, they're in their 30s, you know. This, I think the captain... In their first uh, European game this year, he's, he's 37. You know, he's my own age machine. So I, I think while they're they've got serious pedigree in their side, a lot of uh, you know former La Liga players, um, and City will have to be very cautious to an extent. They will have to, you know, I think they'll have to try and dominate the game as well. I, I think early on, fair enough, sit back and see how it's going and, and stay in the tie. To, to an extent, but I, I would like to see more than just counter-attacking at home today um, from Cork City because I think it's a real test of City's ambitions in Europe. Um, this is a, a serious team coming to, to play against them, a team that beat the likes of Spartak Moscow last year, last year and have been in the Europa League stages. So I, I think you, with that, just in, in terms of like, I know the Dock are more suited to kind of keeping possession kind of game, but Cork City seems to be transitioning to a team that keeps the ball more and I think 
that transition can happen in Europe as well as in, in the league. And I, I think I'd like to see more of Cork City keeping the ball. And they have been doing that even in uh, last week against um, uh, Lavalia Tallinn. They played a lot of football, you know, and, and people aren't, aren't seeing that necessarily. Um, they're kind of being judged on, on, on probably the long ball tactic that they had to... Um, went a few years ago and yeah. they, were, they were passing up to um, Marky Sol hit the ball long to Marky Sol but they, they're, they're far from that team who, who used to be doing that a lot um, and so I'm looking forward to I suppose a good game tonight and Cork to stay in the tie but I, I think they won't be just counter-attacking to be fair What will they have learned from the Lavadia Talon game last week they were good going forward but they were caught a few times defensively they'll need to uh, tighten up yeah, I suppose like Europe, every, every European game is, is is a you know a learning experience. Really, I think um, it would give them, it would give them some of the guys who had European experience, European experience for the first time. The Valley of Talent when they when they were at Turns Cross, what you see in European teams generally is that they're very strong, very good technically, probably better than your League of Ireland you know team that you play every week. And the Valley of Talent were no different. If they were to play in the League of Ireland, I, I, in my opinion, at the moment they would have finished you know third or fourth in the league, in our league. So, you know, Cork City generally, uh, you know, did a very good result against St. Pat's the weekend um, and and were able to kind of make a few changes. Conor McCarthy came in, made his debut, did very well. Um, um, and and what I see Cork City now is maybe coming back to maybe Alan Bennett coming back into the team, playing their strongest side and, and hopefully just staying in the tide. There's so much at stake in Europe these days, Asheen, that um, you want to stay in the tie but in order to do so you really have to be a, a brave you really do and that's what Dundalk have shown over the last few years in fairness Dundalk have been the leading lights in this regard you need to be brave you need to be and, and last year, week's results they they were brave against Tallinn they, it, it put it up to them when Tallinn scored a few goals and Cork City had to respond and say okay how good are we are we going to really show how good we are and they did um, last week and they'll need to do the same again today they can't just sit in and say, okay, we'll try and stay in the game and, and not show our qualities at any stage. They will have to show their qualities and that's their attacking qualities, the likes of Maguire, um, obviously Dooley, Shepard. Um, it'll be very interesting to see how they get on against an experienced platform of, of Larnaca, you know. Neil, how are Cork City going to get on without Shawnee Maguire and Kevin O'Connor? As we've said, this is their last home game together for City. Yeah, look, it's going to be a big loss, I suppose. Um, I, I, I keep comparing it to when Kevin Doyle left or us or when we lost players throughout the last few years. You you always feel the loss a little bit, and no more than Dundalk, I felt the loss this year. Having said that, I think with Griffin um, on the left side, the hope is that he, I mean, the guy is a fantastic athlete, has been in and out of Cork City's team. I suppose he's been coming on for the last 30 minutes for, for, for John's side over the last year that you might have a ready-made left-back there in, in terms of Kevin O'Connor. Having said that, Kevin O'Connor's ability from set-pieces might be something that would be missed apart from his overall game, which was fantastic. Um, Maguire, obviously, is a very difficult guy to, to you know, um, to replicate and in, in any form. He's, his, his form has been unbelievable this year for Cork City. Um, so... Uh, Sadler has come in he looks like a good player John played him last week just in front of the midfield uh, with Maguire ahead and then he, then he moved him out left of, of the three up top so it'll be interesting how, how Sadler fits in he's a, he's a top quality player it might take a bit of time for him to settle in um, and, and to find his position within it I'm not sure what John's exact formula for replacing Maguire is you know Um I know that uh, you know Campion has played a few games and, and done well, um, so it, that'll be interesting. I think I think Maguire, because he's sent far, because he's done so well, he's going to be a very difficult player to, to replace. But they're so far ahead in the league that you're hoping that they'll have the time to settle in with with the new players and, and, and still win the league. Hopefully, you know. Okay, Neil Horgan, author and former Cork City defender. Thank you very much for joining us on News Talks Recut SSE Electricity League podcast. Um, Neil joining us to talk about Dundalk's result last night and to look ahead to Cork. Kevin Doherty gets into Cork and of course Shamrock Rovers as well. So stay with us uh, right now. It's back to the original podcast. Uh, you know how this works. You remember how we did this last year. And uh, Neil, thank you very much. Thanks, Asheen. My pleasure.
And now it's back to the podcast originally recorded during the week. Kevin Doherty dropped in to talk about Cork City and Shamrock Rovers. We'll get to Rovers in a while. Also, the Kilkenny United manager Casey McQuillan on winning their first ever game in the Women's National League. But first, we talk with Kev about City and Larnaca. A lot made of the Spanish players that feature for Larnaca. But I put it to Kev that if they were any good, they'd still be in Spain. Yeah, well, there's probably better teams in Spain. They're not that good, but they don't have to be like unbelievably good to be able to compete in this in the Cypriot League maybe so hopefully they're not as as good as yeah. their compatriots but well they're obviously look we make a good point and they're obviously not that good but I'd say they'll be of yeah. a decent level now let's do what we see all the time let's talk in generalities about yeah. countries and hope that people are tricked into thinking we're giving them an in-depth preview of a fixture but Apoel went on a bit of a run in the Champions League yeah. not so long ago so yeah. that's how general this is I can't even tell you what season was it last well, season? I, I, the I, season before? yeah I think so yeah <laughs> Well, I, th- I, th- I think... Uh, this is lazy, this, yeah, country I best. It. You might want to start this again. No, I think even uh, Larnica beat Spartak Moscow or something in recent years. <laughs> I'm like, I'm telling you. I haven't... Look it up. <laughs> I don't, at least I we're supposed research. to do that for people. No, I know, yeah. We're no. supposed to be previewing the game. No, but they, they did. And, yeah. and they're... Uh, I said the, the what we were talking about earlier on. I, I think the big thing about them not being in their season, although they've played... Yeah. Uh, uh, qualifying round to get to this round. Lincoln Imps. It's yeah, it's it's. I think that's where Cork have their big advantage. Like they're really they're flying in the league. They're flying in every competition they they're playing in. They're f- fully fit. I think they've more or less apart from Dunavy probably got a fully fit yeah. squad. So I think. Look, I. Oh, it's the next round, and it's 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 great to get through the first one. Yeah. But I, I would think that they have a good chance of getting through this as well. Uh, that result you were talking about there, it just popped into my head I swear I didn't Google it yeah, was the third qualifying round last season, last season they so drew one all in Larnaca and then and then Larnaca beat them 1-0 in Moscow so somebody did do the research here well you pointed me the way and I Google the rest that's, right, no that's what you call teamwork Kev you could that's learn a lot about that <laughs> stick with me kid you learn uh, so look it's kind of well, that will tell you though, before, yeah. that will show like their good, good side yeah like and when we're joking about the Spanish players and all like generalising but they're obviously a very very good side if an Irish side did that we'd be saying what an unbelievable result yeah how do you approach this game if you're John Caulfield do you just approach it to keep it alive or do you attack them or does it make a difference because and I'll repeat this again we're, we're kind of saying this on loop once you get to this stage in Europe if you're a League of Ireland team your your approach is kind of cautious anyway and you're, you're essentially your game plan is to hit them in the break anyway and Cork City are set up to do th- that that's what they did last year it's how they beat Hacken it's 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 um, it's how Dundalk managed to get such good results themselves last year yeah but that's just another way of playing like, there's nothing, yeah. nothing wrong with, it, with, with being cautious yeah. I mean like I don't know what way Derry went out to play Mitchelland whether they were should have been a bit more cautious and look what in happens the, when in, you're not in the first I didn't see the first second leg but in the first leg they just made bad errors but they, there you go Like, yeah. but if you are cautious and you you make sure you defend properly and you set up properly. They will get chances. I mean, in in generally in in, in most games, whether you're the, the better team or not, you you'll tend to get chances. But with the likes of Sean McGuire and even and Shepherd and us uh, rowing in with goals, like they, they will certainly have a chance. They probably will set up that way and hit them. But that's they're good at doing it. So why wouldn't they? Yeah, predictions are useless, even if you know the teams involved. Obviously, we don't know that much about Larnaca, uh, but. Do you give Cork City a chance? Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. And and primarily because they're in really good form and they're flying high, fit, match fit. And I, I think that would give them a chance against anybody the way they're playing. And what's it like to play in front of a massive crowd like that? Ah, that's gr- brilliant. Like, Spurs you on? The more, ah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, look, the more people there, the better. Like, and and if I know the way in, in Turner's Cross, they've been packing it out. And like, it has a big effect. And I think even at the Pats game the weekend, there was... Two and a half thousand, and it looked like a small crowd. Yeah. So you start to get used to it, and they'd be like to be coming out every week to that, and then when it does drop off for whatever reason, it, it can be a little, like just take a little bit of the edge off, little bit of focus off, and sometimes, particularly when you get to these these, these games, that's the little bit of focus that you need. But there will be good crowd, so they won't have to worry about that. Okay, let's move on to Shamrock Rovers, who are taking on Vladia Boleslav of the Czech Republic, as Kevin has told you already. They haven't started their league yet. Um, they played Sturm Graz in a friendly last week. Shamrock Rovers have already got through a tie in Europe. So I've been speaking to Stephen Bradley about that. And 
what that will give his team ahead of this game in a match where they probably won't have as much possession as their opponents. Luke Byrne, it's a really, really neat turn on the left-hand side. It's a good surging run. Rovers with it inside the box. The ball goes across and Clark stretches, puts it back into the back of Burke, who knocks it in. And in the 20th minute, Rovers lead 1-0 and 2-0 on aggregate. What will players have learned tonight that they mightn't from a normal domestic game or a normal league or cup game? They learned so much tonight, but they won't realise it until the next game comes around, the next European game, because... Uh, when stuff like that happens you find your back against the wall or when you're attacking or when you need to play more you'll realise oh I was here before like you know and, and that only sinks in when you take the pitch again in the European game and as a group you look at each other and know we've been here we've won games and uh, you relax then you relax you play on edge but you relax because you know you've done already and by and large and I know this is a massive footballing cliche by and large you're a possession team but in the next round you'll likely be playing against a technically good side from the Czech Republic and they'll probably have more of the ball maybe I haven't seen them yet like yourself but is it about playing without the ball and maybe being ready for that? Yeah, definitely. I think even tonight in the second half, you have to respect your opposition in Europe and understand that they're going to have bouts of possession. And I'm sure the Czech side will technically be really good. So we've got to make sure we're set up right. But look, if we attack like we did in the first half, uh, we can cause any team problems when we attack with that pace. Hard to disagree with uh, what Bradzer was saying there. I assume Bradzer is his nickname. It is, yeah. Okay, good. No, he's uh, spot on what he's saying. Like... The one thing that 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 stuck out in in mind was the the experience that these lads are are going to get from this. Like you know, it is their first time together as a group going through Europe. They are will be playing against different formations, different t- types of teams. Again, maybe bigger clubs that you, or whatever you would think are lads that have been professional players for longer, more experienced, and they will certainly gain a lot of experience from it. And again, what he said about going away winning 1-0, coming home, winning 1-0. It's rare enough that that happens, that you, you go through the the tie by, by winning both legs. Like so For Irish teams, it hasn't traditionally happened too much. It was a bit bizarre sitting there watching it, watching them lead 2-0, but at the same time, watching them almost not give it away. If Starnan had a finisher, Rovers would have been in trouble. Would that worry you going into the, the next round and presumably stepping up the next leg? Yeah, there'll probably be a better quality, like, but... I don't know. I th- I think they did. I think they managed the game well enough. Like yeah. I know the goalkeeper had to pull off a couple of good saves. Now very important, particularly the first one that broke from the the long throw. I think it was. Yeah. He made two saves off that. And and I mean, if that goal goes in, things are a little bit jittery. And and you know, there's a decent enough crowd there, and everyone's getting nervous. And then you would wonder how the young players reacted. But I I thought they they managed the game very well. Graham Burke like really really good. Uh, Ronan Finn very good I thought Lopez at the back was really good because yeah, he's a guy who people were saying is he good enough for Rovers well, in fact that, they weren't even questioning yeah, it they yeah. were saying this lad's not good enough for Rovers but he's answered critics this season I thought he's pretty, I, I've seen a fair bit of him and I've seen a lot of him at Bowles and he was playing in midfield as well at times even when he went into Rovers I thought he was magnificent the other night and like in games when your back's against the wall and when you see the with, with them throwing the ball in and long throws and stuff you need your centre half thought uh, they, they both did well but I, I thought in particular Lopez was very good he looked in control didn't he yeah. like at no point did he look jittery no we never see him like he's not even even when he's playing midfield he always f- looked fairly calm and collected and you don't see him running around with sweat flying off him or whatever he just gets his job done nice and quietly but I thought he was a bit of a leader for them and it could be not a new position for him because I always thought he was a centre half anyway but like he yeah. might be able to cement that because they've mixed it and matched it a bit around there at the back so far this season you're a defender yeah so is it easy to convert a defender or is there such a thing as a natural defender or how does it work um, that's a good like question what does Lopez look like to you because you're saying he has been played at midfield he's even played at midfield for Rovers but you think yeah. he's a natural I think he's a centre half, half yeah yeah. and I I always just I, I always thought he was a centre half it's like probably uh, decent on the ball for a centre half and then he, yeah. that's why you can go and play him in probably a defensive is midfield is that why role. he would have been probably. brought further forward yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say so yeah, even, comfortable even, yeah. And, he's, and, and don't get me wrong like for Bowles in particular yeah. like yeah, he, he was very good in the middle Yeah. but I just always thought even watching him and playing against him a couple of times I always thought that he, he'd be a good centre half and if the other night is anything to, to go on I, I thought he was fantastic where did the doubts come from with regards to Lopez I hadn't seen a whole pile of him s- before this season so 
I uh, I don't know. Like yeah. I, I I never really had any doubts. I said I always thought he was going to be a good centre half. Yeah. But what were people saying about him in the negative? Because again, I heard people say, "Ah, oh, he's not Rovers class," but I never heard them explain who why. Was saying a Rovers Rovers fans that probably had seen him in a couple of derbies and he was yeah. coming from Bowes and yeah. you know the whole the, the stuff there. Like, I I don't know. Like I I wouldn't have wouldn't have said like like I mean who else was out there that Rovers were going to go and sign yeah. for to play centre half? Like I thought he was decent sign for the man I'm telling you if he plays the way he did do the night again for the rest of the season there'll be plenty of people have changed their minds oh, they'll have to they'll have no yeah. choice no, he was absolutely yeah. excellent um, I, I have to say and this is tough to say as a Cork City fan I like the job that Stephen Bradley's doing at Rovers and Glenn Cronin there as well yeah I know I, I think we actually said last week you asked yeah. me what I liked about them I like a lot about them Yeah, and, and I was delighted for for Bradzer do the night and Glenn and yeah. the whole lot of them because I know, I know Glenn well I worked with him shells for a good while I, they're really really good like enthusiastic young coaches and Stephen's the head coach whatever manager now and yeah. like he obviously I don't I don't know him that well um, but from meeting him a few times and talking to him about the game and about different stuff I really think he has like a really, really big future. Now, look, we've talked an awful lot about the job that Stephen Bradley is doing at Rovers in mm. this podcast in the last couple of weeks and always in the positive. But maybe there's a wider point here. Like, look at Stephen Kenny in Dundalk. Yeah. Vin- Vinnie Perth is with him. John Caulfield in Cork City. John Cotter is with him. Shamrock Rovers. Glenn Cronin. Exactly. Yeah. Bohemians, I'm not sure who works with Keith Long, but Trevor I'm sure. Crowley. There you go. Yeah. So is the gaffer thing changing, and is it now about your management? Yeah, it's team? funny. I, I think you're right. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and and it's, it's, it's you look at at, at the likes of Bowes, and mm. I know I know for a fact that there was a lot of people saying the start of the season, oh Keith Long bringing Trevor Crowley, and Trevor Crowley was managing. Will Trevor Crowley be? going to go after that ball job or whatever but no Keith was strong enough to say no Trevor's a good coach and I'm, I'm going to bring him in and it seems to be working well for him in the the Rovers sense I know Glenn is a good coach because I've worked with him mm. funny I actually when I, I took over briefly for for when Alan left Shelbourne Alan Matthews left Shelbourne as the sort of interim manager before Johnny Mack came in and I Glenn was playing at the time but I asked him to do the yeah. do it with me and it was only a couple of weeks but I really got the feeling straight there. Like he's experienced as well, Glenn. He's played in England, played a lot of games, won stuff here, won stuff with balls. Really good coach. He was at Cherry Orchard doing a lot of stuff with the, with the younger ones. Came into Rovers um, under Pat Fennell, I think. And he's gone on and on. And even after the change of manager, he's he's still being there because I think he's a very, very important part of, him, of the whole setup there. He, primarily from what I've seen of him and from what I know of him, yeah. really, really good uh, fella for starters. And from what I hear about the sessions and stuff a really good coach is there too much for one guy to do is that why yeah, we're now yeah, getting prominent coaches as part of a management team like the guys we mentioned yeah definitely it's not like from my own experience even the couple of years I was managing shells I had uh, John Martin with me and like I just wouldn't have been able to do, like there's times of training as much and all as I would regard myself as a coach and there's, there's, it was the old thing of there's either a, you're either a manager or a coach. I don't think that's it's it's changed now. But as I said, as much as I would have thought that primarily I I'm a coach who was who was going to manage. You can't be coaching all the time when you want to talk to him and you need to talk to him and there's mm. something there's someone ringing you about something and you need someone that you can trust that you know is a, a primarily a good coach. And a big thing is that someone that's not going to sit there nodding their head for you because during games in particular during the ninety minutes of it, like there could be thousands of thoughts going through your head and like in the the heat of it like yeah. you might make the wrong one you might bounce something off your assistant and if he's just going to say yes to you all the time there's no point in having him there because you could just do that yourself anyway but if he might be sitting back a lot of time because you're up in the technical area sometimes you're running around yeah. like a madman sometimes you're a little bit calmer you need him sitting behind you to have a calm look at it and that's I can see Glenn doing it and Glenn gets up and says his piece as well but you need somebody yeah. that's able to tell you yeah, I agree with you here, but no, I don't agree with you. Would, you, would we do this? And to come up with alternatives, because yeah. you're not always going to make the right decision. The stuff you do on the side of the pitch is how we judge you yeah. as supporters, because that's all we see. Yeah, We don't see the hour-to-hour, minute-to-minute, day-to-day stuff. So, in that sense, the coach has to be strong there. I mean, if you have a coach who says nothing during a match day, fair enough, because the manager has to manage and maybe one voice on the touchline, etc., yeah. is all you need but they do have to be vocal and they do have to be strong during the week. Have you ever had a situation where 
you're training a team and a coach said to you actually Kevin I think long term we'd be better off doing X, Y and Z oh yeah 100% yeah like as I said my my assistant uh, has so it, uh, and as, a, as the gaffer was it hard to take that on board or does the gaffer now have to be because the image of the gaffer and I, I'm, yeah, just, yeah, I'm yeah. using that term know, for yeah. a reason they have to be they have to be totally a dictator con- they have to be total, yeah and it has to appear that they are absolutely not to be undermined that they are the ones who make all the decisions but also to be a good gaffer you probably have to be able to take advice yeah so it's a tough a, balance yeah and there's a difference then I mean yeah. if, if if Johnny had it come to me and said something We want, I, I think we should do this I think we should do that I trust him enough to say yeah I'll think about it you're, you're right you're, I, I don't agree with you and ultimately then it's the manager's decision and then there's a time and a place yeah. like in no in the whatever in 18, 19 months I was I was there not once did he in front of any other player and any other member of staff or, or anything would, would dis- disagree with you he might disagree with you but he'd come and say it yeah. to me afterwards like you know and that's the way Yeah, I think that's why the whole trust thing is, is such a big thing yeah, it's a bit like the hunt for Red October so that's we're sat, have you ever seen it? No, Sean Connery. So hold on, you like Coldplay, that. you'll go to Coldplay, but you haven't seen The Hunt for well, Red I like October. Coldplay now because the concert okay, was unbelievable. Well, anyway, basically there's a bit in it where Sean Connery plays a Russian general, submarine okay. commander, who for some reason has a Scottish accent. But <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's actually hilarious. He gives up on the Russian accent about a quarter of the way into the movie, just like in The Untouchables where he just starts with the attempting the Irish accent and then just says feck it I'm Scottish yeah, sure this Scottish. Connery, get away with it. Yeah, exactly yeah anyway um, there's a bit where he's talking to his generals or talking to his commanders whatever and Sam Neill is his first officer and he knows what Connery has said is you know completely wrong and the wrong thing to say but the generals leave the room and then Sam Neill says to him afterwards I would never ever ever query you in front of the men that's yeah that's that's it and they have a discussion there. Because the players will, like, I mean, yeah. if players see that type of stuff going on, yeah. like, and and generally, I've I've very rarely been at a club where, like, the assistant yeah. and, and, and the manager or the head coach or whatever you want to call it, don't have more or less the same idea of the game because in the first place, why would the, why would the manager bring that person in if they didn't yeah. have the same sort of outlook on them or not, you know, as I said, don't have to agree with everything but, Mm-hmm. have the same I won't say philosophy because I hate saying yeah. that word Sam Neill did end up getting killed in that movie so right, well, maybe that wasn't the best example for him to be a good one for uh, the likes of Glenn <laughs> I want to talk to you about St. Pat's they're not in Europe unfortunately they are very much in a Europe in a relegation battle yeah. lost 1-0 at Turner's Cross last Sunday Owen Garvin I'm not entirely sure of the detail no but he did something silly at half time and got himself sent off now if you're Liam Buckley, you're signing Owen Garvin for a couple of reasons. One, because he's a good player. Yeah. But two, you need a leader. You need someone to stand up. You need someone to set an example. Yeah. And Again, without you don't, yeah, yeah, you don't we, know what happened. And that's, yeah. But and presumably he did the something of, silly. Well, there looks something must have yeah. happened, obviously. But then, like yeah. you know, like, sometimes, the, the yeah. I believe it was the Lions man that was saw whatever was posted. Yeah. And sometimes they just can't wait to get involved and it can yeah. be so frustrating. But you can't give them the excuse. No, you can't. Even if you're no, right. Yeah, and I can't. Well, and, and I, I watched the highlights, and the first yellow card w- was for having a go at, at Ben Conley, the referee, for the penalty. And like, was this, uh, from what how I could see, like, how long do you have to be in the game? Don't I know abuse refs? No, I know. But some, like, I mean, sometimes, yeah, I, I won't say the, the passion takes over or whatever. But like, it's just yeah. when something like that, play <laughs> channel like, the passion, use it on the yeah, pitch. Don't pitch, 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 pitch but by all means, we're playing yeah. well and. Again, I'm sure looking like a broken record yeah. saying about Pat's playing well but then getting beaten. But I can totally understand the frustration. And, and look, I've done it myself and you do. Like, yeah. I mean, if someone pisses you off, basically, you tend to just let some sort of yeah. frustration out. I think maybe it went on too long. The fir- now, I'm talking about the fourth book in here. Yeah. It wasn't a penalty. Mm-hmm. And that ultimately lost uh, St. Pat's a point. Mm-hmm. Like, so that's where the frustration comes from. The stuff at half time, who knows what happened. But like, you're right, Liam Buckley's signed him because primarily he's a really good player and for that bit of experience and unfortunately now they're going to be without him, you would think, for a few games. Yeah, I'm not speaking specifically about Owen Garvin here when I ask this question, but have you ever dealt with a player who just did not know when to shut the hell up and yeah. if so, what did you do? How can you deal with it? Or is there anything you can do? Well, it, it, sometimes it gets to the point where you just can't trust them. Yeah. Like there's been a couple of couple of players, like I mean, just... like. Richie Forum was at Shelbourne when I came in. I actually went to school with him, so I knew him quite well. Mm-hmm. And like, he was getting sent off every week. And then, ultimately, 
he said, no, 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 he was doing. Re- he did really well for Shelburne. Great player. Yeah, did really, really well. good player. Yeah. But then he was he he was sent off in my first game actually for Shelburne. He was sent off up in Dundalk, 2001, I think it was, and that was and I think uh, it was Darren McKeeley at the time said. Was that a clash yeah. with Stephen McGuinness? Possibly. Stephen was prone to a clash. It might have been. I don't know. I yeah. can't remember. Because I remember Stephen saying, did he move not long after Carly went to Carlisle. Ready I, I, I remember Stephen saying to me one of Richie's last acts as a League of Ireland player was He was playing for Dundalk him. at the time, yeah. yeah. Probably was him, yeah. 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 But like sometimes you just have to say, look, I, I, you, you just can't. Like, like, yeah. again, we'll blame I'm, him for kicking McGuinness, so we'll take that one out of the equation. Oh, yeah. But yeah, know, yeah. I'm only messing, Stephen. I'm only messing. He well, he left an elbow on me one time <laughs> in Talker Park when he was playing for. I, I remember so I, actually. I don't forget it. <laughs> he was the most combative player I've ever seen, Stephen. As in, he wouldn't give up on anything. Yeah, he was very. Yeah, <laughs> we've got sidetracked. Sorry, was, talk yeah. about players who. You yeah, just, well, like if someone is like kicking, like if we spoke about Graham Bork, for instance, at Rovers earlier on in the season, like getting sent off twice for two stupid things, yep. and. I mean, how many chances? Is it, how many strikes do you get? Do you get two? Do you get three? Like, yeah. obviously, Stephen Bradley has dealt with the Greenborg situation well because yeah. he's repaying him on the pitch. And I'm sure, look, whatever happened with Owen yeah. Garvin, I'm sure Liam Buckley will be experienced enough to deal with it yeah. where he can and get the best out of him. And I'm sure Owen Garvin regrets it, even if he was right. Whatever happened in that tunnel incident. Even, well, even if, if you're was, look, yeah. even if you're right in the referee's yeah. eyes, you're wrong. You can't have a go. You can't do anything. So look, it's yeah. it's it's disappointing. I'm going to adapt to saying that someone once said to me, the referee isn't always right, but he's always the referee. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Oh, uh, am I bringing up memories? No, Any I've had stories. Instance, like, oh, really? With, uh, look, just give us referees one. in general. Yeah, well, I can remember one. Um, I was playing a match for Shells in Limerick, and the referee, actually, he's still refereeing now, um, gave a penalty against me for absolutely, like, nothing. I lost a head had a go at him and he sent me straight off like and it was just like a, a, a two second like don't didn't abuse him didn't do anything like that wanted it I don't know why did, he, well, no, he you, felt you, you lost he, the head but you didn't abuse him you've kind of contradicted well, yourself there well no I didn't I wasn't, you lost the head personal. generally but not you I only said something him. to him that I believed was true so okay. I, I don't think I, how I, did you say it though I, see he'd probably say in an aggressive manner but yeah. but it was like I, I think sometimes they have to understand the, the frustration and, and even going back to to Garvin there is an unbelievable amount of frustration and I know yeah. and people always cite the rugby and the way they go over yes sir no sir different game not. though isn't it exactly that's what, that's what know, it's because I, I was about to cite hurling because I'm a hurler and we yeah. get away with a bit of that managers pushing people on the sideline and players I mean they can just hit each other with a hurl and, and stuff like that you don't really get that as much well, well now you do get a suspension for that that is technically well, that's, that's you know, not in the rules yeah, you know, know it that is not in the well, rules maybe I got it wrong that is, no, no but like I, I you, these things do happen and yeah. look said you you really I know you shouldn't have a go at referees or officials or anything like but it's it's something like I mean if yeah. if, if you tip someone in the car on the way home you're going to your first reaction to yeah. whatever you know and, that, and some, I think it's a human side of it as well yeah. I think referees give it two seconds I mean if you absolutely are pointing yeah. like the Roy Kane running after I can't remember who the referee was, it was David Ellery oh, it might have been no I don't think it was can't think of his name but remember they were all after him like that's unacceptable. Just, well, that was a pre-planned thing. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. that, and like, but sometimes, like for two seconds, like if you, Mark like, Atkinson, I'm just naming rest. Yeah, just keep going. Yeah, we'll, okay. get, we'll get there somewhere. Yeah, you yeah. can edit out the other ones. No, yeah. but like I, I it's 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 it, it happens to us all. I think at some stage. Yeah, if it was Graham Paul, they were probably right. Yeah. Jeff Winter, maybe. Jeff no. Winter. There's another. Well, he's he's certainly another referee. Yeah. Um. Now at the moment, lots of League of Ireland clubs are playing friendly matches against opposition from the UK. A Shamrock Rovers 11 as it transpired to be and was advertised as late in the game. Played Celtic last week. Limerick are playing Charlton. Um, I'm sure there's other friendies as well. Hearts last week. That's right, yeah. Ipswich played Rada. Yeah. Um, these things, they're good and they're bad. They're good for the finance of the club. Yeah. And clubs have to do it and they should do it. But there's also a downside, Kev. Yeah, and, and, and I know what you're saying and I mean, I only had to go into work on, on Monday morning and people, oh, that, you know, oh, Celtic, Celtic beat Shamrock Rovers. I thought they were supposed to be... Yeah, go, people go, actually say that to you? Yeah, they didn't realise it was the no, Shamrock Rovers no, kids they didn't, team. and that, that's, okay. that's the problem. But from Rovers' point of view, yeah. I can totally understand why they would want to have, particularly like the like Celtic, whatever about Ipswich or whatever, coming over. Like, you might make a few bob out of that, but nothing major. But the likes of Celtic coming over, one of the, the bigger clubs, you can totally understand. And... From Stephen Bradley's point of view, 
I would 100% back him for putting out the team that he did. Like, he has much more important things to... No one's going to remember next year. Mm. Like, if there are, like the 9-0 obviously makes it a little bit more... Yeah. I wouldn't say, I'm sure he wasn't embarrassed, but he no, it's more, embarrassing. Di- more disappointed. Maybe for him, yeah. he wasn't like he still had his primary target yeah. of the European match. I'm not blaming the players who were out there, by the no, way. No, no, it's just there, it's a bad there wasn't advertisement for the league, even though it's not a league team who played. If you no, know, what I mean. and from from Rovers European game the week to revert, there wasn't one player in yeah. the squad. So like that had yeah. started the game. So like that will tell you its own story, like what the priorities were. I've been in the situation myself. Um, we shelled we played a cup in June or July one of the years we played two or three games on the, on the Saturdays I think we played Hearts we played Ipswich can't remember who else we played but we played Hearts after one of our games happened to be called off on Friday Yeah, played Hearts on a Saturday I think we drew with them two all or it was like a decent enough game then the following week we were due to play Ipswich well we did play Ipswich but we, we had played the night before on the Friday night so obviously I couldn't play the lads that played the night before. We wouldn't have had the biggest squad. We would have had a lot of young fellas anyway, even in the in the first team. So you bring in young lads, and then we were like, we were going down after a minute, and I was just sitting. I was sitting there thinking, oh, like it's it can be embarrassing. And, and from like, I mean, you don't like losing at anything, and you don't like. Do losing you get any out, out anything out of these games from a footballing point of view, or is it just purely a money thing? And you just have to accept the hit of the bad publicity. Because keep in mind that Rovers Celtic game. Was on TV last. Yeah, week. I know, and, and I wouldn't blame Airsport for showing it because you know it's been it was interesting. A, yeah, exactly, yeah. and yeah. Celtic obviously have a big following, and they're yeah. showing. I think the Celtic game against Linfield, Linfield is, are, is, think, yeah. is on on Friday night, and Celtic fans can't go to that. Yeah, for obvious security yeah, reasons, yeah. which is probably right. Now, from a footballing point of view, you can get if you get it like decent performance out of it, yeah. or from lads that haven't played, lads getting like games. Like, I mean, there's no reserve league in the country, remember as well. So, mm-hmm. like, it is an opportunity to play play lads that haven't been playing but it's it's a it's a very uh tricky one because while i agree that you need the finances and stuff if when you can't put out a, a put on a decent show yeah. from the the perception of the league which we're always trying to promote it does sometimes come across. like as i said i'd lad saying to me like oh celtic you know i'm beating rovers nine nil and i was yeah. but it wasn't rovers like you know do the players get irritated at not getting a crack at some of these quote-unquote top players and not getting yeah. the chance to show themselves off to the visiting club. In my experience, yeah. Like, as I said, we would have played generally big teams going back when, back when the seasons were when we were in the, mm. the old season. Like, the likes of Man United would come over. And I remember playing a tournament with, and Le- was Leeds with David O'Leary. No, David O'Leary was Aston Villa. It was Leeds, Aston Villa, ourselves and Pats. Yeah. And we had a European game the next week and I was carrying a bit of a knock. And I just, I was thinking, we would just won't play. And like, I'd love to play mm. against... Uh, Leeds and against Aston Villa because this was the Champions League Leeds as well like you know oh the good Leeds and yeah. yeah exactly and you do miss out on these type of things but like I mean your priority really should be as, as I said what Stephen Bradley's was is the European game next week and getting your strongest resting lads that need to be rested for next week because as I said although the 9-0 makes it look a lot worse if that had been 3-4 even 5-0 yeah. they get through the next round of Europe who's going to remember that they were beaten 3 or 4 nil by Celtic the 9 nil makes it look a little bit worse but so be it no he won't really care about that it's funny actually because Pat Flynn upon his retirement did a really good interview with us towards the end of last year yeah. and he played for Rovers against Real Madrid that's right yeah. and I asked him about marking Cristiano Ronaldo and I thought you know he'd be excited about talking about this and it would be a career highlight he picked him up from a corner and he said it was grand he said but I didn't earn that we didn't win a game to meet Real Madrid if we'd gotten got through a European round to play them that would have been different but we didn't really earn it yeah well I'm sure you look back and, and still a great memory but yeah. I think that was around the time they were playing the likes of Juventus and Spurs and all so yeah. I mean if they if they, if it was a once off and you were going to play Real Madrid like, it'd be brilliant but I, I, I can understand that but the other stuff probably holds a lot more yeah. in his memory because of, of, the, of what they achieved Well, I'm not sure if winning just once will be enough for Kilkenny United in the Continental Tires Women's National League, but it sure is a start. They've got their first ever victory in that competition. We're joined now by their manager, Casey McQuillan. Casey, how are you? I'm bad, O'Shane. How are you? I'm very, very good. Um, 
Talk to me about the feeling of managing Kilkenny United to their first ever win in the Continental Tires Women's National League. Yeah, it's hard for me to describe, Oshin, because I've only been there a month. But, you know, the easiest way I could describe it is it was like winning a cup final. You know, the girls have been at it for so long and not getting any luck or reward for their efforts. Um, so when they actually got a win, it was like winning a cup final. You know, the emotions were running high and, and everything else. So a uh, great day for them. You came in a month ago, so obviously you were not there that long. But from what you could gather, what had gone wrong up to that point? Why had they not been achieving results? Um, they've had they've had young squads, and historically, the better players in them young squads have looked to better themselves and moved on to other locations. And then it's the same coaching staff. They want to be with the top clubs, and and there didn't seem to be anybody down there, bar the backroom staff, for a long term aim of trying to improve the players. You know, so. To me, from the outside, that's what it looks like. Um, because once we put in a long-term plan and told the girls about it, and they seemed to buy into it straight away, and, and the work rate effort was there. We have obviously our skill sets have to improve, but um, we'll work on that over the coming time. You know, so m- mainly I think it was a long-term plan, and the, the players had to have belief in, in whoever was at the front leading them. You know, and Casey, I, I know you're probably a modest fella, so. Just stick with me for this point. In Wexford Hurling, we have the Davy factor this year. Uh, in the past, we've seen what Mick O'Dwyer has done for counties when he's gone in, led Leash and Kildare to Leinster titles, gave real respectability to Wicklow, obviously what he'd done with Kerry before that. There's a bit of a Casey factor going on here because you've turned things around very quickly. Um, no, I could just be a little bit lucky. You know, the girls were there anyway. Um, yeah. And as any coach knows, you don't turn things around in a month unless unless the ingredients were already there. You know, the mixture I have at the moment is right, but listen, we're going to have setbacks in this league. It's, it's one game. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. You know, we're, yeah. <laughs> we hope to improve, but it's not a magic formula. Yeah, you know, but, but, um, what I, the one part I would agree with you is we want to bring respectability to Kilkenny, you know. But, but the managers I just mentioned there, they all brought belief. So how did you do that? What kind of things did you have to say to these players? Um, just basically that football is a simple game you know and, and the less base we give them in our own half of the field well then the less chances they have to score um, so if we do that at one end we're always going to create chances at the other end we don't need to encourage attacking football because it's in every footballer's or every competitive footballer's nature to want to attack and score goals so we concentrate on the defensive side of the game and what they done in the first game, we were down a couple of players. We couldn't even put 11 on the field. We only had eight outfield players and we were playing UCD. So in that game, we actually defended quite well. We lost 6-0, but that's to be expected over a 90-minute period. Yeah. But the girls could see a little bit of light at the tunnel. And then we played Wexford, who we know are a decent team in the Women's National League. And, and we didn't concede until in around the 70th minute. So as opposed to what I said, it's it's what we shown them. You know, yeah. they see them by, by doing what we say there is light at the end of the tunnel and, and the belief came from within themselves we're only we're only showing them the way you know they have to find the, the solutions themselves so yeah, uh, that's, that's all I think we're doing you know and given the heights that you've been to with Rohini and Shelburne reaching the Champions League and Cup Finals and winning Cups etc what are your own aims here do you have to kind of readjust your expectations of, of what success is yeah 100% before I went down like what would have been six success for the second half of the season would have been getting a couple of points on the board and, and improving. Like We had a minus 43 goal difference from the first nine games. So straight away there's a target. We need to lessen that. You know, We, we only had three goals scored. We need to increase that. And obviously, with no wins and no draws, there was another target. So our targets you know, weren't in each specific game. It was over the second nine-game period. Let's look at the end of the season and see how we are. Now, unfortunately, we have to reset them targets again because the girls have already you know, bust that wide open in the first game of the second half of the season. So I'll have to reset targets for them to reach. You know, it won't just be improving everything. Now we'll have to reach a certain amount of points. And will you have to rally local people around it? Because there is a big interest in football in Kilkenny. Obviously, it's a hurling county, but I know it myself. I work there. There's an awful lot of interest in local football, especially if you can get them winning. Again, you ask why you go down. You know, Mm. Kilkenny, as a Spartan county, is one of the top counties in in the country, you know. So we have to tap into that that Spartan tradition down there. Historically, it's not soccer. Kilkenny people will buy into it. They just want success, you know. And and I don't think it would really bother them 
to watch a soccer match as opposed to a Gaelic match. Maybe if there's a clash, we'll lose out. But if they're on different days and stuff like that, we there's definitely a great sporting tradition down there and people want to see successful teams. Yep, and one of their finest sons is Shawnee Maguire, so that'll tell you there's an interest. Uh, Casey, best of luck for the rest of the season. Thank you very much for joining us. Been a pleasure, O'Shane. Thanks very much. Well, that's almost it for this week. But before we go, Kevin, do you have any requests? I would like to have seen Montana. And you know how podcasting works. I did not edit in that piece of audio for the purposes of a humorous joke after Kevin had left the building. Kevin, if you agree, please stay silent. And there is your proof. That's it for now. Kev, where can we direct abuse towards you? At KevDog5. See, totally natural. He's totally right beside me now. And you can get me on at Oshin Langan. We'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Best of luck to the three Irish teams in Europe this week. Shamrock Rovers, Dundalk and Cork City. Hopefully next week we're talking about three teams with a great chance going into the second legs. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>